ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Wednesday, June 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. And for the next hour, I'm going to be here for you. We're going to talk sports. We do so every day. And I also open up our text line for you to be a part of the program. We make it easy. You can text in your comments, your questions. You can do that at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Totally free. You can text anytime during the show. You can react to things that we're talking about. You can set the table a little bit, if you will. Yes, you can set our sports table. If you've got something that maybe we should be talking about, it's totally free. It's open to you, and you can use it every day during the show. And, of course, if you like to get a little bit more social, you want to put it out there on Twitter, well, guess what? You can find me on Twitter as well. You can follow me while you're there, at Paul Swan. And we put stuff out all the time on Twitter, show notes, things that are going on, updates, You never know what we're going to put on Twitter, but you can follow me, and I would appreciate a follow if you're out there listening and you're on Twitter and you haven't followed yet. It's at Paul Swan, so I do appreciate everyone who has followed on Twitter. we got things to get into today. I don't know where I want to begin because, honestly, honestly, we could talk women's basketball because there are a slew of coaches' names that have been thrown out today as added to the staff. We can get into that, and we... We love talking about numbers, so we're going to do that later as well because USA Today updating its revenue chart for the money that NCAA programs bring in. So we'll break some of that stuff down a little bit later on as well. And I've already put those numbers out there, or at least a link to it on Twitter, so you can find those numbers there. And I'm going to crowdsource this. I'm going to absolutely crowdsource this because, honestly, I figure there are some number gurus out there that can pour over those numbers and tell us all the good stuff. So we'll look at them together. That's coming up a little bit later on. It is Wednesday. So usually on Wednesday, we talk about the Charleston Dirty Birds. They come on once a week to tell us about all the things that are happening with the Dirty Birds. Now, today... We've got Jay Silverman coming on, and he's going to talk to us about all the events that are coming up. The team will return to town on Tuesday, June 20th. But Jay, his official title is Director of New Business Development. I want to find out actually what that means. What does a Director of New Business Development do? And then, of course, we'll get to all the things that are happening with the Dirty Birds. I was told that he really wants to talk about the pepperoni roll contest that's coming up on July 15th. I know that's a little bit away, but he is really excited I hear about that. So we're going to ask him about the pepperoni roll contest. And again, that's coming up on June 15th. So we'll have the Dirty Birds with us here in the next few minutes, but we'll make plenty of time for you at 304-396-TALK. That's our text line, 304 396 8255. What'd you do yesterday? I watched game five of the NHL Stanley Cup finals and Las Vegas destroyed Florida. It looked okay for a while. I thought, okay, maybe Florida's going to make this a game. But Las Vegas destroyed Florida nine to three. 
The Golden Knights win the series four games to one. They do it in six years of existence. And that was the joke yesterday. Gary Bettman, when he took the ice, he pointed out that ownership brought this team to Vegas and said, winning a cup in six. And guess what? They won a cup in six. So congratulations to the NHL Stanley Cup winners, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Pretty cool that hockey was able to come to a town like Las Vegas. And after that, you have the now Oakland Raiders there instead of the um, Oakland Raiders. They are the Las Vegas Raiders. And guess what else might be coming? The Oakland A's. That's still going on right now. Can you imagine you have Las Vegas turning into a sports destination, not just an entertainment destination, but a sports destination with the NFL, the NHL, possibly Major League Baseball. Will an NBA team find its way to Las Vegas sooner than later? If you love sports and you live in Las Vegas or you live in the area, you're doing really good right now. You've got all the bases covered. Who knows what else will happen as far as Las Vegas is concerned. But that team was set up to win expansion teams of old. I mean, look at the Columbus Blue Jackets still trying to figure it all out. Las Vegas comes into the league, set up for instant success, gets the Stanley Cup final the first year of existence, has only missed the playoffs one time. And now, six years in, six seasons, Stanley Cup winners. Will the Seattle Kraken do that as well? If that's the case, there's going to be a real dynamic shift here on, I think, how expansion teams are handled moving forward because you've got all these owners, potential owners, wanting to invest money, and they want some sort of return for their money, right? It costs a lot of money to to bring a pro team to a league. Now, I'm not talking about just buying a team. I'm talking about expansion team. Here's my money. Here's a couple of billion dollars. We want to start a team. We want to start a franchise. And so you haven't seen that as much. You didn't see that as much in the NBA as far as instant success, but you've seen that as of late with some of these expansion teams. So we'll talk more about what happened across the world of sports a little bit later on. If you were not watching hockey yesterday, were you staying up late listening to the Cubs pound on the Pirates? 11-3, Game 2 coming up tonight. 8.05 will be first pitch right here at ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And the Reds beat the Royals yesterday. Series wraps up tonight, 8-10 in Kansas City, but the Reds get the 5-4 win. It might be the Reds versus the Pirates for the top spot all season long. Padres get the win over the Guardians, 8-3. Game 2 of the series coming up tonight, late 940 in San Diego. And then, of course, the Charleston Dirty Birds, which we'll be talking to Jay Silverman in the next few minutes. Dirty Birds losing to Long Island, 8-7. Game 2 of the series tonight, 635 in Long Island. So that's sort of a a wrap-up of what happened yesterday when we continue 404-396-8255. We'll run down some of the new names that you're going to have to start getting used to hearing when it comes to women's basketball because in an official announcement today, the coaching staff is complete. We know the names officially now. We'll talk about where they come from, and we'll also get into the revenue report. Again, USA Today updating the numbers. We know 
at least what the fiscal year for 2022 looked like for Marshall. We'll dive into that when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our June 14th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. I'm here until 6 o'clock. Our text line is wide open right now, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll dig into the NCAA finances, revenues, and expenses by school chart that USA Today always updates. Marshall, according to the report, for the 2022 fiscal year, Shows revenue of $39,338. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. $39 million. $39 million That's what the report says on USA Today. Let's dig into this a little bit more. The top school revenue is Ohio State in the Big Ten. $251,615,345. Big Ten leading the way. Number two on the list is Texas with $239,290,648. I know I'm getting into the uh, into the big details here. You want to know where, say, if there's anybody you want to know about, I'll read them off as, as we get them in here. We've got so many to go over here. But if you want to look at, say, where Marshall ranked and the Sunbelt schools, this is not the report. Next year will be the report. A little bit closer because, again, this is uh, the 2022 fiscal year. It's not everything that just happened. This isn't Marshall's first run in the Sunbelt. Just to give you some, some context here as far as where this ranks. Uh, in comparison, West Virginia, 45th overall. Revenue brought in. $105,193,311. That's a lot of money. So let's get into this a little bit more. Let's break down at least what the report says about Marshall. First of all, Marshall in the grand scheme of things, 82nd in the country. 82nd right below Buffalo. Buffalo had more revenue. And again, this is total revenue brought in, according to the report from USA Today, and Buffalo leads Marshall $40,192,255. FAU, I'm sorry, FIU. FIU had more, $41,000 plus, $41,000 plus. Uh, no, check that. My apologies. Forty, Because I'm reading this off the cuff here. $41,043,885. So, uh, again, Apologies for reading this off the cuff here. I'm just scrolling the data here as we look at it. But just kind of give you an idea where Marshall places. FAU is right behind Marshall. FAU, $39,201,524. App State, $38 million plus. Put them at 88 If you want to filter this by how well Marshall did comparing to the schools in the report from Conference USA, because Marshall's not yet in the Sun Belt as far as this report's concerned. So, top getter in Conference USA was Old Dominion with 53 million. I'll just round up 53 million. North Texas was second 
with 44 million. Charlotte was third with 41 million. FIU fourth with 41 million. Marshall was fifth in the Conference USA schools at 39 million. FAU was sixth at 39 million. And again, there's some variance here. UAB right behind those schools at 38 million. So a lot of schools were sort of in the 38 million range. The bottom team in Conference USA in this fiscal report was Southern Miss with 28 million. So what's the breakdown mean? If you look at the revenue chart, 2022, this is the fiscal year, total revenue, as I mentioned, 39,338,519. Ticket sales, 2,946,763. If you want to compare to the previous year that was reported, because again, we had to deal with some COVID years. So here we are. Last number reported was 2020. Marshall's total revenue was a little over 32 million with ticket sales over 3 million. But 2022, ticket sales, 2,946,763. Contributions were up for the 2022 year. Comparing to 2020, contributions were almost at $6 billion, $5,954,274, according to this report. And 2020 contributions were 3,363,640. Rights and licensing. Rights and licensing, more in 2020 than it was in 2022. In 2020, $5,300,551. Rights and licensing in 2022, $4,373,063. Student fees went up a little bit from $6,581,855 to Six million seven hundred and seventy-five thousand school funds went up from eleven million three hundred and thirty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-five to sixteen million four hundred and seventy-three thousand six hundred and thirty. The other category it went from two million five hundred and eighty-eight thousand five hundred and twelve dollars to two million eight hundred and fifteen thousand seven hundred and eighty-nine dollars. So that, again, is the chart in revenue. Now, what does some of this stuff mean? Well, some of it's obvious. You know what total revenue is. Revenue categories. Let's break them down for you. Ticket sales. Sales of admission to athletic events. That's the definition, including ticket sales to the public, faculty, and students, and money received for shipping and handling of tickets. Does not include amounts in excess of face value, such as for preferential seating contributions what those include are amounts received directly from individuals corporations associations foundations clubs or other organizations for the operations of the athletic program amounts paid in excess of a ticket's value contributions include cash marketable securities and in-kind contributions such as dealer provided cars for staff use also includes revenue from preferential seating. Rights and licensing includes revenue for athletics from radio and television broadcasts, internet and e-commerce rights received from institutions, negotiated contracts, the NCAA and conference revenue sharing arrangements, and revenue from corporate sponsorships, licensing, sales of advertisement, trademarks, royalties, 
value of in-kind products and services provided as part of a corporate sponsorship like equipment, apparel, soft drinks, water, isotonic products. Also includes revenue from food, concessions, and parking. We all know what student fees are. These are fees assessed to support athletes and athletics. That's what student fees are. School funds. Here's what school funds mean in the revenue chart. School funds include both direct and indirect support from the university, including state funds, tuition, tuition waivers, as well as federal work-study amounts for student workers employed by athletics departments. It includes state, municipal, federal, and other appropriations for athletics, as well as the value of university-provided support, such as administrative services, facilities, grounds maintenance, security, risk management, utilities, depreciation and debt service that is not charged to the athletics department. So that's what school funds, that's the category from USA Today. And again, this is all based off the USA Today reporting. Now, the other amount, again, you always wonder, what's other? It's a bucket you just can't classify. It's other. Other means amount that the athletics department transferred back to the school and under a 2015 change in the NCAA's reporting system is recorded as a revenue loss. All other sources of revenue include game guarantees, school-specific revenue from bowl games, support from third parties guaranteed by the school, such as TV income, housing allowances, etc., revenue from sports camps, income from athletic-restricted endowments. This is athletics-restricted endowments and investments that are used for operations in the reporting year. Now let's get into the expenses category. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Fun with numbers, right? Let's see what Marshall brings in monetarily and where it goes. We'll do that when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in, do you think these revenue numbers, we're talking about revenue numbers reported by USA Today, do you think these revenue numbers show success? What is a realistic number that Marshall should be at then and now? If you want to look at revenue years past and compare it to now, Marshall, way back in 2005, had total revenue of $16 million. So we're up to 2022, and Marshall has a total revenue, according to the report, of $39 million. Ticket sales have, I think, been flat for the most part. In 2008, there was over $4 million in ticket sales. And 2022, ticket sales, almost $3 million, 2946000 Contributions have gone up. I think contributions are always important. Rights and licensing have, I'm going to say for the most part, it's kind of gone up and down. But 2020, rights and licensing was over $5 million. It's down a million in the 2022 numbers. 
the school funds gone up. And again, school funds is a direct and indirect support from the university. So you're getting more support from the school. 2020, it was over 11 million. 2022, it's over 16 million. And we haven't even looked at the expenses yet. Expenses, and again, expenses are completely different than revenue. Revenue is what you bring in. Expenses is what you put out. Expenses, $39,350,986. And the biggest expense is coaching staff, according to the USA Today numbers, $13 million plus for coaching and staff. Not just coaches, coaching and staff. Scholarship numbers, about the same but did go up. In 2020, it was 7761000 and 2022, again, same ballpark, but it did go up. Scholarship expenses, $7,958,777. Facilities and overhead, $3 million plus in 2022. And the other category, that number is $15 million plus. Now, what do these categories mean? Again, we got to put them in context now. So first of all, Let's look at the expense categories for coaching and staff. That includes all salaries, bonuses, and benefits reported on the university's tax forms for coaches and staff, as well as amounts to coaches and staff from third parties that are guaranteed by the institution. Scholarships, pretty much self-explanatory, right? Athletically related student aid, including summer school and tuition discounts and waivers, including aid given to student-athletes who have exhausted their eligibility or who are inactive due to medical reasons, and aid for non-athletes such as student managers. So that's what scholarships go into. Facilities and overhead, debt service payments, including internal loan programs, other facility costs charged to the athletics program, including maintenance, utilities, rental fees, overhead, administrative fees charged by the school to athletics. Other, here's the other category, and again, other includes guarantees paid to other schools, school-specific expenses for bowl games other than bonuses paid to football coaches related to participation in a bowl game, severance payments to past coaches and staff, recruiting, team travel, equipment, uniforms, game day and camp expenses, fundraising and marketing costs, Spirit group support, medical expenses, insurance, conference dues, the value of university-provided support such as administrative services, facilities and grounds maintenance, security, risk management, utilities, depreciation and debt services that is not charged to the athletic department, beginning with 2016, also includes meals and snacks provided for athletes beyond those provided under regular board plans and during team travel. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot to process. That's why we need a a numbers guru on this show. So anyone who wants to volunteer as the numbers guru, please submit your application. Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-TALK. 8255. So I was looking at some of the some of the numbers here, trying to figure out where does the revenue come from? Where's the revenue come from? And the majority of it, honestly, if you look at these numbers, 
revenue coming from student fees is almost seven million six hundred million seven hundred and seventy five thousand that's that's revenue from student fees and then school funds is 16 million contributions only account for about six million rights and licensing fees only account for a little over four million and ticket sales about three million that's where some of these um, numbers are really interesting to me because ticket sales rights and licensing you're getting more money from rights and licensing than your ticket sales you're getting more from contributions than you are ticket sales you're getting more from student fees than you are from ticket sales school funds definitely so ticket sales could be better following this chart the most money marshall has seen from ticket sales goes all the way back to 2008 four million four hundred thousand two hundred and forty seven dollars that's the most i can see and the chart goes all the way back to 2005 so ticket sa- ticket sales are down from 2020 ticket sales are way down from 2019 2019 was three million five hundred and sixty seven thousand four hundred and forty four dollars that was up from 2018 but down from 2017 2017 was almost four million 2012 was really good, 3,000, I'm sorry, 3,600,879. 2011 was really good. That was almost right at 4 million. So there were some good years as far as ticket sales were concerned, and contributions are up. And of course, you're doing some major fundraising as well. There's a lot of that going on, a lot of projects going on. Rights and licensing. It's about the same, but again, it's less than what was reported in 2020 by USA Today. And school funds definitely have gone up. And again, we define that according to what USA Today says. It's indirect and direct support from the university, including state funds, tuition, tuition waivers, etc. And there's not really an itemized breakdown of that. It would be fascinating to see. Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, June 14th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We've been breaking down the numbers from the USA Today updated database of NCAA revenue. We'll get back to that in a moment. I do want to update you on what happened earlier today. We got an official release. Marshall Women's Basketball Coach Staff announcements coming out today. Give you an idea of what you can expect from the Thundering Herd the upcoming season. Of course, you know the coach. She's new, Kim Stevens. Well, most recently, before this release today, we got the good news that Jenna Burdett was going to be elevated to assistant, I'm sorry, associate head coach. Associate head coach. She's been with Marshall since 2021, so she's been elevated to associate head coach. Now, the assistant coaches in the release today, Daniel Price, former head women's basketball coach at Simmons College of Kentucky since 2021. Also added as an assistant coach to Coach Stevens' squad is a team 
mate of hers. Actually, there's a history here. Angel Razor played professionally in Germany for TKH Hanover during the 2022-23 season. And she was an assistant coach for Stevens on the 2021-22 Glenville State team, which won the national championship. So she played for the University of Cincinnati from 2016 to 2020. And so she's got some experience. And I'm going to have to ask her if uh, she pronounces her last name Riser or Rizer. So I'm going to go with Riser for the moment. And added as the uh, assistant director of women's basketball operations is Michelle Cecil. Michelle Cecil. And she's going to be the assistant director of women's basketball operations. She played at Wayne State University, starting six games in the 2022-23 season. She played for Stevens at Glenville State, contributing to the team's 2022 national championship. So that's the updated staff members. Coach bringing in a lot of people that she has familiarity with. And, of course, Jenna Burdett also has a lot of familiarity with Coach Stevens. So a close-knit group, I'm sure, being formed here to lead Marshall women's basketball. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. We've been breaking down these numbers. The revenue numbers are always fun to look at. Kind of a gauge. You see what university is making what. If you go by how the universities rank. Now, I'm going to borrow some some spreadsheet work, and I'm going to borrow that from Scott Watkins. He is based out of Biloxi, Mississippi. He works for the Sun-Herald. He covers Southern Miss. So I'm going to borrow Scott's spreadsheet because he's laid it out really nice. If you look at revenue, if you sort it just by revenue, James Madison leads the way. With six, I'm sorry, almost 60, but 57 million, 57 million, 800,447. James Madison leads the way, followed by Old Dominion at 53 million. Georgia State's third in the upper half of 45 million plus. Coastal Carolina is fourth in the lower half of 45 million plus. And then you have Marshall fifth. All Sunbelt schools, this is revenue. Marshall is fifth, slightly ahead of South Alabama, which is sixth. So Marshall is is there in the top five. So Marshall in the top five. Now, where does Marshall rank as far as money brought in from student fees? And it's going to surprise you. Marshall's in close to the bottom. James Madison, 78% plus. Revenue, student fees. Old Dominion, over 58% student fees. Texas State, third, with a little over 50% student fees. Then Georgia State, in fourth, with 45%, almost 46%, is brought in from student fees. And then Appalachian State rounds out the top five at over 36% student fees. And this is in comparison to the total revenue money. So James Madison, almost $58 million and almost 79% of that student fees. Marshall is on the bottom end, 10, with 17.20% of revenue brought in attributed to student fees. 
Now, let's talk about, and again, I love these numbers. Let's talk about looking at school funds. When you look at school funds, Coastal Carolina revenues, over $45 million. School funds is almost 73%. Now, Marshall is in the top six, number six, as far as where's the revenue come from? Of Marshall's almost $40 million in 2022 of reported revenue here by USA Today, Marshall is sixth in school funds at 41.90%. So 41.90% of this number is from school funds. Now, ticket sales. Where does Marshall rank when it comes to ticket sales? You're going to be surprised. Appalachian State leads the way. 14% of Appalachian State's revenue is generated from ticket sales. 11.70% of Southern Miss's revenue is generated by ticket sales. And then Marshall's third. Of the almost $40 million of revenue, 7.5% is generated from ticket sales. Interesting numbers to say the least. And again, I want to give a shout out to Scott Watkins. If you don't follow him, he is the Southern Miss sports reporter for the Sun Herald. He's definitely worth a follow. A lot of good information from him, not just Southern Miss, but Sun Belt related as well. So he covers the beat for Southern Miss, does a fantastic job. Recommend he get some follows from you, if not already. And we'll, of course, keep an eye on everything that comes out. Next year will be interesting. I definitely want to see next year's numbers that are reported, sort of a compare and contrast. Marshall's first year in the Sun Belt as compared to the last revenue year in Conference USA. But if you put all these numbers together and compare them, Marshall's doing all right. Marshall's doing all right. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate everyone being part of it. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.